When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. Tonight, I'm your host, Blake Lane, and we're joined by our two co-hosts, Dalton Garrett and Dalton Lane. And we are also bringing on another guest by the name of Tony Butt. He will be going over the Alabama Crimson Tide Force. Uh, guys, how are y'all doing tonight? Hey, uh, man, just sitting here wanting to talk a little bit about uh, recruiting last week, and and we want to dive into uh, Jimbo Fisher and and his comments about the number one class on the NIL deals, and and I know that's that's had a lot of noise. And then we're going to go into the Brian Harson situation at Auburn, and then at the very end of the show, guys, we're gonna we're gonna spice it up a little bit for you listeners, and we're gonna throw out some dark horse Heisman's. Uh, some dark horse playoff teams. Who could possibly be the next guy on the hot seat in the SEC? Uh, that's one to think about for y'all fellas. Uh, and and just spice it up a little bit at the end of the show for you guys. Um, but, but first, we're going to go right into recruiting and National Signing Day that just happened this past week. And I'm going to kick it over to DG, and we're going to get the Florida Gators uh, right from Dalton Garrett. So, uh let me hear it, man. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Florida's class ended up being 25th in the country. Uh, when Napier took over, I think it was like 76th or 79th or somewhere in that range. Um, obviously, early signing day, we had some big hits that we weren't really – a couple that we weren't expecting um, with Kamari Wilson and then Shamar James, who everybody thought were both going to Georgia, and we were obviously able to pull them. Um, and then from early signing day all the way up until um, this past weekend or past week signing day, Florida was able to get some elite 
prospects on campus, both for, you know, obviously this week, this year's class, but also next year's class. Um, going into Wednesday last week, there were three guys that were kind of like big-time looks, like Washington, Florida, on top of a guy who had been committed to Florida since, I want to say, September, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he didn't decommit, nor did um, Billy pull his offer. Billy stuck the offer with him, but, you know, and and let the guy still get recruited. The guy didn't sign early signing day. Mm-hmm. He started getting love from Kentucky, Alabama, LSU. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe he's going to flip, blah, blah, blah. We ended up signing the guy. named Jalen Farmer, an offensive tackle from Georgia. Yep. And uh, even though he's a three-star, if, if the big dog Nick Saban starts coming out with somebody, you know you know he, he's perfect. He came up be putting some good stuff on tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a good, it was a big win for Florida, even though, you know, star rating might not be as high. Um, Florida did and didn't have a great, I guess, past Sunday. I mean, depending on who you ask. The three prospects that we were looking for were Javante Citizen, uh, Harold Perkins, and Jacoby Matthews. Um, Javante Citizen obviously ended up going to Miami, which, to me, that wasn't much. I mean, sure, Florida was going to run in, and it would be great to get him. But looking at Florida's running back room, I didn't really think it was a take we needed. Mm-hmm. We got Demarcus Bowman. We got Lorenzo Lingard. We've also brought in two guys just in this class with uh, Trevor Etienne and then Montel, Montreal Johnson from uh, Louisiana that transferred in with Billy Napier. So it was going to be a crowded running back room. So it might be have a lot to do why he didn't go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins was one that I think a lot of Florida people thought we had a really, really good shot to get. Um, I think if Florida would have gotten the last visit, I think we would have gotten Harold Perkins by the fact that it was us. And then he visited LSU one more time. I think ultimately is what won LSU for him. Mm-hmm. And the fact he's from Louisiana, his whole family was kind of like big LSU guy, like wanting to go LSU. So, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of a miss for Florida. And then Jacoby Matthews, the um, safety out of Louisiana and the Royal Texas A&M. Uh, but, you know, at, all in all, I mean, you look at Florida's class, the way it ended up, you know, rounding out top 25, 25th ranked class. Sure, it's not don't look great, um, and that's twenty fifth on on three recruiting. I don't know; it might be higher on the website, but on three puts mm-hmm. all the other recruiting services together and averages it out. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, some Florida fans were upset we missed on people, or some Florida fans are, oh, well, you know, we could have had a top fifteen class if he'd have, if he'd have kept some of the guys that were already in the class. He took the job, and they're all with Dan Mullen and Jim McElwain and all these people. They hired, they 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 signed better transition classes and. You know, you always have those negative Nancy's, but a lot of, you know, a lot of people I saw or how far people were talking about, you know, Billy Napier came in, told everybody, hey, be patient. I'm a clean house. I'm going to get rid of the people I don't think, you know, not that these kids aren't good, but I'm going I'm to evaluate the kids that I, the way I want to evaluate them. If they're going to be fits, we'll keep them. If not, we'll move on. Um, and then, like, also, Florida, you know, we signed, let's see, 17 high schoolers, but then we got five kids out of the transfer portal. One being Jalen Kimmer, which was he was a projected starting quarterback for Georgia this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Miller was the backup quarterback for Ohio State. Then we got Montreal Johnson from Louisiana, who was the freshman uh, player of the year in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. Then we got Osiris Torrent, who is an offensive guard, offensive mm-hmm. tackle, who on last week ESPN put out their way too early preseason AP All-Americans. He was the first team All-American. So even though... Ranking-wise, Florida may have not signed some huge, you know, crazy class like Texas A&M or Georgia or something. Mm-hmm. Florida signed a pretty solid class. I think Florida's got um, a good good momentum going into next year. Florida's really been 
recruiting state of Florida heavy because there's a lot of talent in Florida next year. Also, this is going to be a fun year for Florida recruiting. I really do. Yeah, man, and and you know, I think you're. I think you guys are in a lot better shape with what you got now than with what you had in Dan Mullen, uh, and and what he done, you know, just just a few months on the job is absolutely incredible, and you know we've said it multiple times before. Florida's on the come up, and we're excited to see it. Uh, now I want to kick it over to Tony Butt, and uh, man, give us a rundown on the Alabama Crimson Tide and their recruiting class that they just got. Yeah, man, it was it wasn't a very interesting signing day for Alabama fans either. I mean, we only signed one guy out of the twenty, I think three that we signed overall. Most mm-hmm. everybody highlighted like uh, Jeremiah Alexander and like GI Campbell and guys like that. They all signed on early signing day period. But yeah, overall, I mean, it was a great class. I mean, uh, we ended up stealing uh, Danny Lewis from Louisiana. I mean, everybody around the country probably knows him as the guy who got grounded on by um, Brian Kelly in the video. But, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised we actually went for him because they make our third tight end of this class. We we got, let me see, sorry, we even got, I mean, Julio Skinner was was committed, but he signed with Miami. Amari Black is more like a uh, tall, lanky water uh, tight end. Mm-hmm. But and guys like that, and they were always finished at like the two on 247 Sports. I mean, if you count any transfers like Jermaine Burton, Jameer Gibbs, Eli Ricks, I mean, some say have this as number one overall, but yeah, overall, it was a pretty good class. I think we met a lot of needs. Tony, can you talk a little bit about those three transfers and what do you think they're going to do next year? Yeah, I mean, Eli Ricks is going to be a day one starter. I mean, we saw him two years ago with LSU. I mean, being a lockdown, the number two guy. Mm-hmm. And I think Alabama obviously is going to be number one. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is, I think, just going to be um, do it all back. I mean, he may, I'm going to bring him up later in the show probably. I mean, he can catch the ball back, but he's explosive. I mean, Alabama fans don't really really used to that speed back out of the backfield that can break it for 60 in two seconds. I mean, mm. it's going to be something that Alabama fans aren't used to, but they're going to like once they once he gets on the field. And Jermaine Burton, I think, is a, a definitely essential need that we needed. I mean, everybody – we have, I mean, obviously Williams and Messi all, both left to the draft. So, I mean, if we didn't get Burton, all of our wide receivers would really be sophomores and freshmen. So, I think a lot, and he's one of those guys that has to do it all type wide receiver. I mean, he's like Messi where he's a possession guy, but he's also got some speed, which I think that will be useful because I think it's going to allow Saban to kind of pick and choose who he wants on the field. I mean, he can play inside, outside. No doubt. So it allows those young guys to kind of um, come into their, like, step, I guess, kind of get in their own, like, understand, like, playing this key a few games and not, like, feel as the weight on their shoulders to try to put up 100 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I was just running out. I mean, three guys are going to be probably impact players I mean, next year. Hey, real quick, I'm getting a call. Can somebody can somebody check on if the, if they have fired Brian Harson? Yeah, I 
Can can one of y'all look that up? Yeah, um, I think I don't know if you know Funny Man. Um, he's a guy that does yeah, them games, but he was saying based off one of the European Senior Bowl. He was good as going, so. Yeah, um, one, of, one of my AU buddies just uh, called me, and I just didn't know if they had fired him yet. So, I just. If, if, if they have, it's not on Google yet. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I was just making sure. Um, <laughs> so, I was I was starting to. Hey, if that would have broke during this podcast, that would have that would have been uh, that would have been a time right there. But, yeah, Tony, man, uh, you know, we know what Alabama's about. We know what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to be right there once again next year. Those three additions out of the portal, uh, really big pickups. And uh, D-Lane, man, I want to switch it over to you. Uh, and me and you talk a little bit about Auburn. And, man, what do you think about – what are your thoughts about not signing a single person this past week? I mean, you really – I mean, really, what is there to, to think about? I mean, would you, if you're a, you know, if you're a four or five star, I mean, would would you sign with Auburn right now? I mean, uh, where they're they're pretty much looking for a yes man. I mean, they don't want they they don't want a coach. I mean, this it's crazy with you know some of the stories that we're reading right now. And I know if, if I'm a four or five star, even a three star, I mean, why would I go to a dumpster fire? I mean, like mm. that, that doesn't make you know. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's crazy. What's, what's going on with Auburn? I mean, didn't sign a single, didn't sign a single soul. I mean, yeah. the only person we signed was Casper, the friend they got. <laughs> and you know, man, you yeah, know, man. I, I, I look. There's three. I said it on a previous episode. There was three targets. It was the Pyburn kid, Farmer that DG mentioned, and Citizen that DG also mentioned. Those were the three guys that Auburn were going after that I kind of said, hey, you don't need to strike out or the picture at Auburn's going to get worse. Like, it, it's going to – it's gonna the hot seat is really going to get hotter. And what do you know? They strike out. And I put it on Twitter. I said, man, isn't it a little alarming how Billy Napier just walks into Florida and Auburn's head-to-head with a couple of guys and you lost – all right, Billy Napier spanked you in the recruiting battle. You lost, and um, it, it was just alarming to me. Now I'm starting to hear the more that I dig into all this, I'm starting to hear that Brian Harson has problems with um, um, relationships with these Southern kids. He doesn't know how to talk to people. Um, he's he comes off as too hard. Um, you know, I don't. I don't really believe in all that, but in in today's world, um, I guess it's a thing as being too hard. I don't know. But I thought it was a failure for Auburn not to sign a single soul. I know some people disagree, but in my opinion, those were the three guys and you struck out. And uh, now apparently we're waiting on another strikeout at any moment. So, uh, you know, I, I like that little recruiting roundup. And before we take a quick Wait, break, what you got? Um, I don't know if you saw that thing I sent you guys earlier on Twitter, right? Me yesterday mm-hmm. about uh, what, what Arch Manning's been saying. Mm-hmm. So it says this is this is what this is like from twenty four seven. It says the Gators seem to be getting more involved with top star number one quarterback and number one recruit. 
in the nation, Arch Manning, of course, the Sam Spiegelman from on three. Coach Napier and the Gators seen clouds make a strong push on him. His offensive Monday coaching style has been well received by many. And their Louisiana Pavel staff with the Barton Luke and Corey Raymond. Coach Napier has visited Arch Manning a few weeks ago. I'm just going to go ahead and let you boys know if we pull Arch Manning after Billy Napier has been the coach for three months, I'm going to start getting ignorant. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know. Um, hey, that that's going to be a fun battle to watch, man. Uh, a talented kid, um, obviously a, a well-known family, talented family, uh, and that's going to be a fun one to watch. But, hey, I want to kick it over here to about these uh, Jimbo Fisher comments about this NIL stuff and, and how they didn't pay – these kids, uh, DG, what are your thoughts on on everything that was said, and and what do you think Texas A and M actually did, and how did they get all these recruits from previous years where they barely signed five stars? Man, I don't know, dude. Because I was just, I'm looking on the home three, and they, I think it said they landed eight five stars. Yeah. Where yeah, I, I want to say before this year they maybe landed maybe. Eight ever? It was my thing with it is is like you know what is what is texas a&m done to to flip recruiting like this all of a sudden at what okay they beat alabama but i mean you know auburn's beaten alabama before and all of a sudden you don't see them with the number one class in the country you know uh d lane what, what do you think about it yeah i mean uh for him to you know sit there and say oh you know we put a lot of hard work i mean i think we're all kind of you know hard work and stuff into it i mean i think we're all on the same dance like yeah okay yeah 
you might have, you know, did the hard work, you know, traveling all the way across the country to see these kids and, you know, talk to them. But there's definitely, you know, some money involved. 100%. I think I was talking to D-Money the, uh, the other day, and I don't know how true it is, but there was a rumor that uh, I saw that if you commit to a and I don't know if it's just like, if you just say, hey, you know, like, yeah, I'll commit. So, like, I guess if you commit and sign, like, it's up front 50 grand. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's crazy. But uh, you know, we're all on the same. Like, what has Jimbo done? I mean, since A and M, he has a thirty-four and fourteen record. I mean, not even close. You know, not not a good record. I mean, not anywhere. But he snipped the playoffs last year. Might have got snubbed. Um, who knows? I mean, I think it would have been the same outcome. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't anyway. get snubbed, in my opinion. That you shouldn't have got blown out. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's that is true. Um, but it's, you know, so that's, that's the whole thing. Is like, I don't, I mean, for him to say that it's hard work and they didn't put no money into it, I just, that, that's a complete lie. I mean, it's complete, it's just bull crap. So, yeah. I don't, you know, it's progressing. He was like, they went from like the second class to the fourth class to the sixth class, the eighth class, and then. the number they were saying it was 30 million or whatever but that's a little that's a little stretch to me but but definitely i think i think they you know they spent a lot of money and uh in recruiting the kids to come there with the number one class and jimbo can say what he wants but uh you know i think we're all in a in agreement there uh man i'm on i'm on i'm gonna do a little quick ad break real quick i'm on uh Run a little ad, and then we'll hop right back on here. So we'll see you all in just a second. Hello, everyone. And I just wanted to give a quick rundown on the Anchor app and how I got my start with the Uptempo podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. 
It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, everybody. And the second half of this episode, we are going to dive into the Brian Harson situation at Auburn. And then we're going to, once again, talk about Dark Horse Heisman, Dark Horse Playoff Team, uh, next SEC coach that po- could possibly get fired. Then we're going to give one bold SEC prediction for 2022. And then we are going to give a Super Bowl pick at the end of this episode from each guy. Uh, first, I want to kick it to DG and get his thoughts on the Brian Harson situation at Auburn right now. Ma'am, what do you think is going on at Auburn? Man, I, I don't know. Dude. Honestly, like, I don't keep up with Auburn as much as you guys do. Mm-hmm. Man, like, just from what I hear, like, I listen, you know, seeing what you guys say, talk about last couple days, and then just what I've seen on Twitter, man, it seems like the, te- the kids on the team are behind you, but then you got, like y'all said a couple times, you got the administration, the people who are Brian Harson's boss, are behind them. Like, they're trying. And I'm not, obviously no one knows for sure what the truth is about the whole possibility of an affair and all mm-hmm. that. But, you know, for one thing, if that's not true, that, that the people who anybody who throws that kind of crap around should lose their job. Well, first of all, now, now you're judging a man. You know, you're judging a dude's character. You're putting, putting. It's not just him. Like you got to think, he has a family. He's got kids. Like he's got a wife. Like it's not just him that you're messing with. Mm-hmm. Um. So and, and, and honestly, man, like I don't know what Auburn. Like if you're all, if you're Auburn, you know, obviously you guys are Auburn fans. If you're an Auburn person, okay, let's say you let's say you fire this guy. Alright. There's no coach in the coach right now that I man, I really want to go to Like they just gave up on a get they just, you know, threw a dude out under the bus and got rid of him after a year one year. No doubt. Because, you know, some people don't like him or because he had some kids transfer out. Like all the kids transferred went to Gus Miles on. It's not like they went to other big programs. Like yeah. they went to the freaking conference USA or whatever they had UCF school. Like, what was that about? They're in the Big Twelve now or they're about to be the Big Twelve. But, yeah. Like It'd be different if you were losing these kids to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas, and Florida. Like, you're losing these guys to Central Florida. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, those guys must not. Either they don't think they're good. What that tells me, man, like, most of the time, obviously, there are positive plenty of times in the past when kids have transferred and it's worked out great. But if you're good, if you're in school and you decide to transfer, to me, it, that, I, sometimes you can look at it like, these kids just don't want to compete. Mm-hmm. You think my guy from Auburn going to UCF, you got Hey, I'm, I'm leaving Auburn. I'm going to UCF. Probably, I'm a five star at Auburn, or I'm a two star, three, four star at Auburn. I go to UCF. I'm like the next freaking Aaron Donald down there. Like, mm-hmm. if I can dominate Auburn practice, if I can, you know, dominate some offense while I'm in the SEC, like, what am I going to do in the American Conference? Like, mm-hmm. so I mean, I, I think, I think it's crazy what's going on. I think, uh, thank God y'all got a good basketball team because you know it's trying like, <laughs> it's, it's trying to put that bandaid on it for y'all, but. And it's, uh, it is a lot going on. It just seems like a crazy time to to be doing going through this, especially if it's not true. Like if this, if this is a true thing that happened, like maybe sure, okay, get rid of it. But this is just a legit thing, and there's no proof that this ever happened. Like you're just digging yourself a bigger hole. Like you said, y'all didn't have a good time today because no you know for whatever reason, and now you're just digging out a little deeper. You just lost your new OCs. Now you're saying your coach is sleeping with one of his staff members. Like, kids, you didn't have a good time this year. It's not going to get better if you keep having stuff like this going on in the program. So, um, I think I'll be in a tough spot, man. I really do. 
Yeah, Tony, uh, you want to hop in and give your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Dalton nailed it on the head. I mean, it's kind of a sticky situation. I mean, if, that's, if they're really making that stuff up, then I think uh, the, the girl that's alleged and involved needs to be paid for – I mean, she's got to put up with this. I mean, she has to walk around at the Auburn facilities and, mm-hmm. like, deal with those accusations like that. Not I mean, her and Brian Harson. But I mean, like Dalton says, well, I mean, like, who are you going to go get? I mean, are you going to try to go coach somebody else? I mean, I don't think so. Nah. Either there, you got to take a basically a, a leap of faith on somebody else. And I mean, I mean, I don't know if you have looked too much into next year's recruiting class. I mean, y'all got to figure it out here soon because that 23 Alabama class, that's, mm-hmm. uh, there's five or six five stars, and I think a dozen or more four stars. Yep. If Alabama doesn't figure it out, I mean, Oh, good, good bit of talent. They could probably keep on. Yeah, and man, like you said, Tony, um, I've heard a lot of stuff this past weekend. Um, this past week, I should say, about the girl involved, um, Austin Davis, the OC, getting let go, and um, Brian Harson's attitude towards some of the players and and uh, the staff members and all that. And I'm going to share some of that from what I've heard uh, on the 247 site and and just what I've had people text me and stuff. Uh, but D-Lane, I want to switch it over to you, and I want to get your thoughts on it because I know you, uh, you want to say something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what uh... – I, don't know. I think what they're doing. I think all the you know the rumors of him sleeping with this. I, I think it's bogus. Uh, I think I think they're all false. I mean, if if she's been you know like if they've been a, if she's been his assistant for so long, like you know why didn't it come out of Boise State? Either he's a really good cheater and he can hide it very well, or you know I I, I don't I don't know. But well, I think what what the boosters are doing to this man and trying to you know get him gone because he's he don't have that Gus Malzahn attitude. He's got a, you know, he, he has a winning, a winning mentality. Mm-hmm. And where Gus had that, hey, I want to be a friend first and then a coach. This guy, it seems like, I mean, like a lot of the players saying, he is a coach first, friend second. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to develop. He, he wants to push you to be better to get you to the next level and take care of your family in the future. Mm-hmm. Where Gus wanted to be Mr. Nice Guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they, you see it, Big Cat couldn't handle it. Transferred to UCF, he was terrible. He was overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Hudson, he couldn't catch COVID. Um, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, get him out. I mean, he. So that's the thing. A lot of these players that are transferring, you know, like D said, they're not they're not going to your rivals or you know the other big schools. They're yeah. going to where they they can get away with what they want. They're going to Gus, and so is. Get get the losers out of the program. All right, I want I want dogs. I want winners. Um, it's like one of one of the players said that he didn't like Carson because he didn't know his mama's name. Bro, I don't care if I don't care if the coach knows my mama's name. As long as he can push me to possibly make millions of dollars, I could care less. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like what 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 is your coach knowing your mama's name? Like what does that what does that get you? I mean that's that's just that's crazy to me, and that's that's the thing. I think 
all the boosters that are doing this, I think Auburn, uh, I, I guess Auburn needs to step in. And if all of this comes out false, uh, I think all the boosters, you know, just just get them gone. I mean, if, if Auburn has to wear Russell instead of Under Armour, I don't care. Just we are completely running Auburn football into the ground. And like Dee said, you're just digging a hole. And I don't think you're coming out of this hole for the next 10 years. I mean, it's just wild what's going on up there right now. All right, here's so, we'll here's see, I guess. here's my thing with Auburn football, and stay with me. All right, so as as all of you know, I was not a Gus Malzahn fan. Um, I, I was off the Gus bus, uh, twenty seventeen. I got off the Gus bus. Um, I thought that twenty seventeen team that beat Alabama was his best team at Auburn uh, from top to bottom talent on the roster was his best team. He blew a lead at LSU, uh, just just games that he lost that he shouldn't have. He got in Atlanta with Georgia and got absolutely dominated. Um, and I just – I wasn't a fan of him. Um, he always come off to me as being soft – um, and I know some of the Auburn players that played for him were like, man, we're tired of that soft word being thrown around. But but just watch his demeanor on the sidelines when he coaches. You could see it. You see him, and then you watch Saban. And and it was a, it was just a level of softness to me with, with Malzahn. And I've heard in Twitter spaces this week, this weekend, that – some players under Malzahn got treated differently. If you were producing at Auburn, you got treated differently than players who weren't producing. All right, that that's not that's not how it goes. All right, and I was off the Malzahn train. I wanted him fired. They fired him. All right, once they fired him, this is where I was at. All right, do not hire Kevin Steele. Okay. They wanted to hire Kevin Steele. The, the bot, the board of trustees wanted Kevin Steele. Alan Green, the AD, did not want Kevin Steele. I don't know if you guys remember, but Auburn Twitter blew up, and there was this big thing about uh, stop Steele, and uh, it, it it went viral and everything, man. And they interviewed a couple of people. Uh, Sarkeesian, they wanted Sarkeesian, and – they wouldn't come to a a, a money agreement or uh, uh, giving him full autonomy or whatever. Uh, Billy Napier, Billy Napier said, "Hey, I'm not coming to that dumpster fire because you won't give me full autonomy. Uh, I don't want no part of it." Uh, and and then all of a sudden you get Brian Harson to come down from Boise. And what I think Brian Harson come down here to do was, I think he tried to implement a Nick Saban mentality at Auburn, and it's going to be my way or the highway, and if you don't like it, then you can get the hell out of the way. All right, You can pat the pavement. And I think these people on the inside at Auburn do not like that. And I think these claims about having an affair and all this are bogus. Um, I've heard this weekend – in a Twitter space that Austin Davis was on drugs. Um, he got caught, he got caught using drugs at Brian Harson's house or something like, I mean, it, this, this shit is, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. You know, 
I've, I've, I sat up last night and listened to a Twitter space for like three hours and they're hitting me with shit like Austin Davis getting caught using drugs at, at Brian Harson's house or something like, I mean, what this, this program is spiraling out of control and it's all because, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know where it went wrong. You know, I mean, just let the man, we have to let the man do his job. And all this is happening because a bunch of rich white men who have never been put in their place before are now having to go toe to toe with this man. And he's saying, Hey, I'm going to run it my way. And if you don't like it, then get out of the way. All right. And they don't like it. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a way to fire him for calls, not pay him his buyout, which is shitty. All right. And if I was Brian Harson and you kept me as your coach, I would run out of the tunnel in week one and I would I would drop all of my shit and quit. On the sideline week one. That's what I would do. I'd make hey, I'd make Andy look like a good guy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. I would I would literally run out, I run out of the tunnel and say, "Hey, guess what? This is what y'all get for everything you said about me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Instagram Live from former players, whatever." And I would drop my headset, <laughs> my playbook, whatever. I'm out. Y'all have fun. All right. Because it's embarrassing, and and like Tony said, you better get a grasp on it real quick. Because that twenty three class, hey, if you if you let Alabama dominate you next year in that class, it, <laughs> you're in trouble, man. You're you're in trouble. It's going to be a long haul uh, uh, to get back to the top. And uh, you know, in my opinion, Auburn's had too much success recently. You know, uh, they're not a Miami or a Nebraska or anything like that, man. Auburn has won. Auburn has been to the SEC championship recently. You know, there's no reason for this. And Auburn's got a problem on the inside, and they got to fix it. But that's my thoughts. That's my little – What is it, Tony? I don't think they even had that bad of a season like this first year. I mean – No, we had a quarterback break his ankle, man. Yeah, I mean, he's – He's holding, holding the football. I mean, seriously, I'd probably be texting him. Yeah. I mean, uh, makes the Iron Bowl basically the winner getting the SEC championship. I mean, you're telling me, I mean, if I was an Auburn fan, I mean, I understand Auburn fans are like basically national championship or like the world's over. But I mean, if you're telling me a coach comes in and like you have Nick Alabama's, like, if all, in my opinion, I mean, a full healthy, probably the best team in the country passing game wise, and y'all, and basically, Hold them to nothing. Yeah. And take them a double overtime. I mean, I would be happy with that for first year. Like, I'd be excited coming in and not like, where we're at now. We're basically saying, we're going to be, he's going to be fired after one year. Yes. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. And Tony, I remember putting on Twitter after the Iron Bowl, I said, man, I'm damn proud of my Auburn Tigers. I'm damn proud of them. Even though they lost, I was proud because, man, I can tell you what, if Gus Malzahn was the coach of that game and, and my Auburn Tigers were 6-5 and five going into that Iron Bowl, we would have got beat 52-17. to 17. 
all right, because I've watched it in the previous years. When Auburn sucked under Gus, they got blown out in Iron Bowls, all right. They got blown out, all right. And for Auburn to come in there and fight the way they did and and, and they shut Bryce Young down, like you said, for majority of the game, and it just – it gave me a little hope, a little, a little sign of confidence right there. And now all this bullshit has occurred, and uh, it just doesn't sit well with me, man. But – Fellas, we're gonna we're gonna move past that. What you got? It's kind of like Tony was saying, like you know, Tony was saying it was a good season. Like I just spoiled y'all's record. I said I don't fall over as well. But I mean, you lose twenty-eight to twenty at Penn State, where you probably if you run the ball in the red zone, you probably win that game. Yep. Or or you take away that terrible targeting call that changes the game. Right. You beat the number. You beat a good or very good Arkansas team by two touchdowns. Mm Mm-hmm. You beat a very good old Miss team by 11 points. You're in the game with Texas and for the majority of the game. Mississippi State, you pissed down your leg. But outside of that, it wasn't like you played terrible. Like, you had a great first half. You just didn't finish. Yep. You lost to an up-and-coming South Carolina team with a backup quarterback who's – who, you got, I don't know how the heck T.J. Finley had a He's – And then you lose to Alabama. You lose to Alabama in, in, in the – maybe the worst – Overtime rules of all time. So it's like, you know, they they they, it, they literally went down the field a minute or whatever it was, 35 seconds or something. Yeah. The score took down. When you beat them and you ruin their season as well. So it's like, what was y'all say? Total final record, seven and six, six and six? Six and seven, but, but, you know. I mean, it's a hell, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad as six and seven sucks. Like, it's a hell of a six and seven if you really want to, if you really break it down. I mean, of course, y'all, y'all probably should have beat Houston. I mean, if y'all had. Yeah. Uh, y'all's top two corners. I mean, y'all beat Houston. Yeah. And, you know. Mike don't get uh, for his target to call either. And, you know, th- that's another thing. You know, like I always tell my listeners, go back and listen to previous episodes. I told Auburn fans going to the Houston game, we had like 12 or 13 people sit out of that game. I said, don't expect to win this bowl game. Okay. And people, people thought I was joking or I don't know, but I told you, don't expect to win the bowl game. Because Auburn's thin, their depth, they had depth issues, and it just it wasn't looking good with TJ Finley at quarterback. Um, he has less movement than the Statue of Liberty. Um, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I just think he is one of the worst uh, SEC quarterbacks that I have watched uh, in a in a, in a I, hot I, I, can, I, can, I can stop you there. I can stop you there. Uh, who, who, who you who you got? Tony just said his name. His name's Trey Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I can I can name a couple. Like you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> we had 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 we I'm going to kick this over and we're going to do a little, a new little segment uh, to all our, all our new listeners. We are going to pick a dark horse Heisman, dark horse playoff team, uh, who we think the next SEC coach is to get fired and a bold SEC prediction. And we're going to do that right now. So starting off with DG, I'm going to kick it to you, man. And I want you to give me one dark horse Heisman for the 2022 season. Dark Horse Heisman for 2022 season. 
Anybody in the country. Alright. My Dark Horse Hives, this is Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. K Club Nick Clemson. Who is that? K wow. Club Nick from Clemson. Okay. True freshman. Wow. True freshman, he takes he takes the job over the second half of their first game. DJ Ungalele is in the portal. Wow. With another superstar freshman, Cade Clubman. Wow. Wow. That's bold. Bold out the gate from Dalton Garrett. <laughs> Tony Butt, you're up next, my man. Oh, man. I got two. I'm trying to flip back and forth. I mean, one Super Bowl and one. Oh, you know what? I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he'll be in the in New York. I'm thinking Stetson Bennett the fourth. Wow. <laughs> wow. These are getting good. These are getting good. and the mailman wow. Bennett. What a pick. What a pick. Wow. Went from raising canes, all right, to the Heisman. Love that guy. All right. Grand total, 33-18. Um, uh, D-Lane, you were up next. Man, I think I got the most bold one of them all. Uh, Clemson. 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 Does he have yeah. does he have any receivers to even throw it to? Oh boy. going to give my dark horse Heisman pick for 2022 and it is going to be Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. I think Lane gets him in there and I think Jackson Dart has a special year. I think uh I think Ole Miss, you know, they they get hot um and I think he puts up big numbers and and I think they could uh they could do a little damage over there. 
Um, so that's mine. Um, I like the the Ole Miss transfer portal pickups that they've had, and uh, yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna bury a couple teams in the West. But uh, yeah, so right now, guys, I'm gonna uh, we're we're running low on this portion of time. I'm gonna I'm gonna run into another uh, little ad break, and then we'll we'll kick it right back up. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're gonna keep this thing rolling real quick. Uh, our next little uh, point is Dark Horse Playoff Team. DG, give me your Dark Horse Playoff Team for 2022. Uh, I'm going to give you two. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go. I know y'all have already talked about national championship contenders and all that stuff mm-hmm. in the previous episode. Um, I would say one of my Dark Horse picks, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Wow. Like it. All right. Mm-hmm. My number two, Dark Horse pick, the Wake Forest Demon Deacon. Oh, wow. like that. I like it. The I think, nerds. I think, both teams, I think both teams have really good quarterbacks. I think KJ Jefferson could be probably, I mean, going to the season, if you ask me right now, he's the second best quarterback in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, in, the, in the ACC, you look at ACC and – Sam Hartman is by far the best quarterback in the ACC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Wake Forest just had a, a remnant of the defense this year, they might have gone eleven and one. I mean, like they lost one game, they like scored seventy four points, and they got beat by a touchdown. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I if I'm going up seventy four points, and my defense gives up eighty one. I'm quit. I'm fighting the team and leaving. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think KJ Jefferson, man. I think uh, he he had a great season, man. I think he uh. You know, they are obviously they're losing their best receiver, Traylon Burks or Traylon Burke, but they also picked up Jane Hazelwood from Oklahoma. Like they've had a, they had an insane, insanely good transfer portal pickup. They had Jane Hazelwood from Oklahoma and they got Drew Sanders from Alabama. Um, I think both those guys can do big things. Only problem is they are in the West and they did pull Georgia again as one of their East teams. Mm. <laughs> That's tough. You got to play Alabama, you got to play Georgia, you got to play A&M. But, man, I don't see – outside of A&M and Alabama, I don't think the West is that strong. Like, I mean, we don't know for sure what Ole Miss is going to be. I don't think LSU is worth a damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else. Mississippi State, Will Rogers is a good quarterback, but they throw the ball 75 times a game. Like, you, eventually <laughs> that's not going to work. Yep. Uh, who else they play? I can't think who else in the West. Auburn, Auburn's a Ain't, ain't it 
let's bench this guy and let's move on to the new five star. Mm-hmm. So those are my two picks, Wade Forest and Arkansas. Tony Butt, you're up, man. Give us your pick. Man, I see we're going to go with Arkansas, too, but I'll give you two more that I think has the potential. I mean, I'm, my first one is uh, the Texas Longhorns. Wow. I think they had a chance. I mean, you look at the Big 12, I mean, they're going to be down. Oklahoma got basically, I mean, their ex-wife took all their stuff when USC. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, they're going to go. I mean, it really, in the Big 12, they don't really have anybody. They play Alabama second week of the season. Mm-hmm. I think maybe one of you are just going to be legit. I mean, I think the Alabama game, he's going to struggle a little bit, but I think he's going to find his grasp. He's going to, uh, I think he's going to find some confidence. And by the time they play Oklahoma, he's gonna, they're going to be in a stride and maybe win the Big 12. And, I mean, there's four teams here I make it, and I don't think they're going to let three SEC teams in there. So, I think... Texas has a chance. And my second one is, I think, the Michigan Wolverines. I think they go back-to-back, maybe. I think they mm. – because I think their offense with J.J. McCarthy is a lot more modernized. I think they're able to throw the ball, they able mm-hmm. run. I think they got a shot. I think they could be Ohio State. I mean, if Ohio State doesn't fix their running defense, then mm-hmm. that's going to be another issue. But, I mean, give them a shot. Mm, I like that. I like that Michigan pick. That that's that's a good one. Uh, D Lane, what you got? Um, I'm about to say I'm 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 just gonna do one dark horse. And uh I think even though uh Tony, you know, talking about Oklahoma's ex wife, uh I think that's who I'm going with. I think I'm gonna go to USC Trojans with Lincoln Riley. Mm. Um he took, you know, possibly Oklahoma's two best players and uh Caleb Williams and mm-hmm. uh Mario Williams, and so I think that, and once again, you know, we've talked about a couple of episodes in the past, the Pac-12, I mean, this, this week is well water. Uh, Oregon, I think they're kind of going to be in a little, I mean, one, you got that naked quarterback, I don't want to, you can go ahead and them in the dumpster fire of the third round. Um, <laughs> and so I really think USC, first year head coach Lincoln Riley, I think he takes them uh, to the playoffs. I think they're going to be my dark horse. So. And and that was my uh, that was my dark horse as well. I was gonna say USC uh, called it when it happened. Um, I said that the turnaround wouldn't take long. They're gonna have Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg over there on the sidelines. Uh, the DJ D Rex on the ones and twos. Uh, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart chopping it up over there. Uh, they're gonna have the money gun. Uh, celebrities, Hollywood sign. Uh, everything's going to be glitz and glamour. Uh, and Caleb Williams just signed a new deal with Beats on the NIL. And, uh, I mean, they're just absolutely just tossing money up in the air over there in L.A. And I like the USC Trojans to make the playoffs and get absolutely annihilated in the first round um, in that college football semifinal. Uh, so, now – Look, this is a tough one, all right? This is a tough one, and, and this is what I like. Uh, who is the next SEC coach to get fired besides Brian Harson? Uh, DG, kick it off, man. Jimbo Fisher. Oh! I think, I think Jimbo Fisher is going to be the next guy. I think he's going to be the next guy. Uh, 
everybody, <laughs> man, like we said, man, like, he, he had one good season at Florida State, and everybody called him the next, you know, greatest coach ever. He won. He had one good player, one odds, and one of the last championship dipped out. What did he do after that? The man was terrible. Mm. Like, he was so bad at Florida State his last two years, Florida State still had to recover. He's been gone for five years. <laughs> um, uh, sure, he recruited a great class. He's got plenty of talent. But like Tony said earlier, eventually all these kids are going to realize, man, we got 19 defensive linemen. We can't all play at the same time. I'm going to play somewhere else. And they're going to start leaving. They're going to start transferring. Hey, man, you know what? I got my $100,000 from Ole Miss or from Texas now. I guarantee you Alabama's got a bag, too. USC's got a bag, too. Ohio State's got a bag, too. I'm out. Let me go play somewhere. Um, I think Booster's going to go start seeing it. Man, this guy is recruiting his ass off when he's going 8-4, 9-3. Like, people forget, until the GOAT and Tuscaloosa leaves, Jimbo Fisher has to still beat him consistently. Congratulations, you beat him once. Do it again this year. It ain't going to happen. You got to play him in Tuscaloosa with Bryce Young, with Will Anderson, with Dallas Turner. Like, you're going to get job balls beat out. You got to beat Arkansas. Probably not going to happen. I mean, like, right now, if, I, if you ask me right now, Texas A&M goes, I mean, Tim Tews are stealing, in my opinion. I don't know if they, give, I don't know if they do better than Tim Tews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. So, yes, Jimbo Fisher, I think, I think the boosters start, I think, you know, I'm not saying he gets fired this year. You, I mean, I yeah, think, you think the people start murmuring, right? You think, you think, yeah, yeah. I think they come out this year, if they go, if they go, if they're, if they're, Ten and two, nine and three, or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. There starts to be a little like, oh man, like he's recruiting his tail off, but you know, he's not. He wants, I think he's not developing them right. You know, he's not getting these kids ready. Like, you know, why can't we? Why can't we, we got just as many five stars in Alabama now? Why can't we compete? And, and honestly, man, they could be undefeated. What happens if Alabama comes out there beats them fifty-one to ten or something? Mm-hmm. And remember, Kevin, Kevin, someone, Kevin, someone had them teams too, man. Kevin, someone, mm-hmm. they were flying hot. They'd be. 6-0, number 14 in the country, they show up to Tuscaloosa or Alabama show up to them, mm-hmm. college school will be 49-7, we turn it off at halftime. Yep. So it's like, why, what's changed? Other than the coach, nothing's changed. So unless John Manziel walks out of that locker room, take that name and change the right So Jimbo Fisher is my bold prediction for the next SEC coach to get hired. Yeah. Hired. And 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 speaking of Johnny Manziel, uh, we, we have all the respect in the world on this show for Johnny. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. Johnny Manziel, if you ever get a hold of this podcast, brother, we would love to have you on. You are a legend. He built Texas A&M. Huh? He built Texas A&M. That's a fact. He did. That is the house that Johnny built. Uh, and you are a legend, and uh, we would love to party with you one night as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Tony Butt, you were up next. What you got, man? Y'all, how 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 cringe is those fucking dancing videos? <laughs> Damn, I would I put my name in the transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, there's you, you couldn't get me to run out of the tunnel with that guy. Like, <laughs> but a Lewis kid could probably got a restraining order after that video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, that's one out of left field right there. But I absolutely like it because I hate. Those dancing videos, I can't stand them. I want to block LSU football on Twitter. 
Uh, D Lane, what you got? Uh, I think I'm gonna. I'm, uh, it's, it's bold, but uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lane Kiffin. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I just. I, he's one of the coaches. I, I feel like he's more of a friend than a coach. Um, mm. I mean, we've seen you know on Twitter posting up with the Chargers and the Challengers, you know, the gas station pictures, you know, the the matching hoodies with the players, and I I feel like he kind of walked into a good situation at all uh, with Matt Crow. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just I think he's a great offensive uh, mind. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw it in Alabama, but I just don't think he is a. I don't think he's a head coach. I think mm-hmm. he's an offense coordinator, and I just I, I don't know. Just I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the, we kind of saw his, his slick shots, you know, before the Alabama game. You know, hey, grab some popcorn, get ready for the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I fell asleep twenty minutes into the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. <laughs> It was a snooze fest. I mean, it was it was pure boring. So that's that's the only thing. I think he he's more of a friend than a coach. And I, I think, but who knows? Ole Miss. I don't know. They they might like that. They might they might like going nine and three and beat Mississippi State or ten and two and beat Mississippi State. I, I don't know. But just in my eyes, I feel like he he would be the next coach to be fired. Uh, you know, if not Brian Harson, like we said, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm going to go with. Wow. Um, yeah, in my opinion, man, I like Lane, but Lane uh, takes too many risks and gambles uh, for, for my liking. Uh, I think that he lost that he lost that Alabama game right out the gate last year, going for it uh, really and truly on that very first drive, uh, going for it instead of just getting points and staying in the game, uh, you know, just some of his coaching calls, like you said, Elaine, they're just kind of, kind of iffy to me. And and hey, I could see it honestly. I mean, you know, we got we got to see how this Jackson Dart thing turns out, and and all the the portal, uh, the portal guys that they got. Did y'all see the thing that he posted, <laughs> uh, the Tiger King thing on Twitter with him yeah. hugging? Hey, hey. Look, the guy knows how to do Twitter, so I do love that. But yeah. uh, good, good dude. Uh, but that's, but that's kind of what I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm getting. Like that, I, I don't know if Ole Miss like do they like that or do they, or or you know, do they like that or don't they? I, well, that, that's my problem with him. I think he's more of a. He's, I, I I really don't know what to call him. I just don't think he's damn old. He's point up. Dan Mullen 2.0, wow. That's, that's, that's. I mean, those Mississippi schools are content with 10 and 2 normally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're baseball schools. They're baseball schools, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, look, here's mine. And I know we're talking about Mississippi schools, but. I think the pressure is on at Mississippi State, okay? And here's why. A lot of people disagree with me, but, all right, you're getting your ass kicked by your rival, okay? You have an offense that it's it's hit or miss, let's be honest. You throw the ball, like DG said earlier, you throw the ball 70 times a game, all right? You look, you got to run the ball in the SEC to be productive, um, to, to last – in the SEC, honestly, because throwing the ball 70 times a game ain't going to get it done. 
All right, you and it's just look, you're gonna have your Auburn comebacks and all that like they did, but more times than not, it's gonna be like the Alabama game last year. You're gonna get ran smooth out the building. All right. And they keep losing to Ole Miss like they're doing. I think Mike Leach is out at Mississippi State. And I think it could possibly happen after next season. because um, I just yeah, yeah. I, I honestly believe that. I don't think Mississippi State will be happy going six and six or seven and five again and watching Ole Miss go back, you know, if Ole Miss goes nine and three or ten and two or goes back to a sugar bowl, I think Mississippi State pulls the plug on the mad scientist and they get him out of there. Um and that is my uh that is my prediction there. Uh and and guys, the last last thing we want to do is we want to give well Take that back. We still got a Super Bowl pick. But we are going to give a bold SEC prediction for 2022. Uh, DG, kick it off, man. What's your bold SEC prediction? Bold SEC prediction. I don't know. You might call me a a homer for this one. No, no. My bold SEC prediction is Anthony Richardson, SEC player of the year. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. I think if Anthony, I mean, I think if Anthony Richardson stays healthy, man, I think he is elite. I don't know. I mean, I know. Obviously, I fall apart a lot more, but some of the throws that dude made and the game against LSU, um, everybody's seen his, you know, his athletic ability running and hurdling dudes, running people over, having like the second fastest time like anybody has to see on like a four-yard sprint all season. Um, that dude's built like a freaking truck. Uh, but for whatever reason, he breaks like glass. So, if he's able to stay healthy, I think that's my bold prediction. I think he can win SEC Player of the Year. And if he wins SEC Player of the Year, man, that means Florida's doing something good. So, that's 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 not, that's going to be my bold prediction for SEC. Mm, I like it. Tony, what about you, man? Um, I think Texas A&M will regress in 2022. I don't think they'll win. They'll lose, I think they'll lose more than four games this year. Mm. I don't know who. I mean, I think Arkansas. I think Mississippi State has a great chance of beating them. And I mean, Alabama. They pull Florida and I'm trying to think here. Really, South Carolina from the west, but they I mean from the east. But they also play at South Carolina, so mm. I think they got a shot to lose at least four, maybe five games. And like I think we're talking about earlier, show that Alabama's gonna make Texas a fan. Hello. Sorry about that, everybody. Had a little technical difficulties. We got Tony Butt, man. Got him back in here. Tony, go ahead, man. Uh, keep uh, keep on going with your, your story. Yeah, man. I was just finishing up, basically. I'm thinking Texas a goes 8-4 and four at the best, maybe 7-5. and five. And after the number one recruiting class, I don't think – Texas fans are going to be very happy about it. I think that seat gets warmer and they better pull out another class in 2023 or you know, maybe on the, on the way out. Mm, man, that's a that's a good one. I like that. I like that. D-Lane, you up next, man. What you got? Uh, yeah, my, my bold prediction for next year is I think Kentucky wins the East. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and hear me out. Um, I mean, it's just – just you know, look, looking at their schedule. I mean, you got you got Florida early in the season. I get it; it's at the swamp, but it's second game of the season. Um, you know, Florida bringing in Billy Napier, new coach. I think that kind of sets up good um, for Kentucky. Uh, Florida, you know, 
real early in the season, watch out for it. Then the next tough game, uh, at Ole Miss, if they escape that one, I think they roll. Because um, you got South Carolina at home, Michigan State at home, at Tennessee. I don't think that's really nothing to be yeah. worried about. I don't know. Could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, at Missouri, not worried about Missouri. Bandy, and they, and they got Georgia at home. So, uh, the really truth to me, they're only tough games at Florida, second game of the season, and then at Ole Miss. So, and if they drop one, you know, if they do drop that Florida game, that is going to be kind of tough to come out the East because you do, uh, second last game of the season, you do finish with Georgia. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be my, my, my bold prediction. Kentucky wins the East. Uh, schedule's just set up kind of nice if they get by that Florida game. If they get by Florida, watch out. I think it could, I think it could get real weird over there in that East. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Guys, I was going to give a bold prediction, but Dalton Lane just took it smooth out from underneath me. And, oh, nice. and and y'all remember the other day when I texted y'all and I said, hey, look out for Kentucky, all right? And D-Lane just hit it on the head, son. I Give me the Wildcats, all right? Up there, forget Rupp Arena, forget Coach Cal. You're getting smashed in March anyways, all right, by the Auburn Tigers, all right? And, and we are going to Atlanta, baby. We are riding the Kentucky Wildcats to Atlanta. I'm on the train. All right. I'm in it. I love the pick. Uh, I, I love it. I love everything about Kentucky football right now. Stoops, you want to come to Auburn? Hey, love it. All right. Um, that That's taking up our uh, our bold SEC predictions. Uh, that was a, a fun little new little segment that I'd like to start doing with us four, get us four on here and, and just chopping it up like that. Uh, the last thing I want to I want to do – is we are exactly a week away from the Super Bowl. We got the Bengals, and we got uh, who 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 are they playing? Who are they playing? The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Yeah, Matt Stafford. Yeah, the Bengals and the Rams. All right, that just shows how much we really. Uh, I, I get into you know pro football. I love it, but I don't love it like college. But uh, DG Bengals or Rams? Who you got? <clears throat> Man, uh, it's tough, dude. Uh, I think the Rams defense is going to be elite. That defensive line with Leonard Floyd, Paul Miller, Aaron Donald, they're going to get after it. They get after it every week. I heard they play him. But the last time I checked, Joe Burrow's still running out that tunnel in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's still running out there, calling himself Joe Shiesty and Joe Burrow and all this junk. Mm. I think Joe Burrow gets it done. I think Joe Burrow looked at his boy Money Mac. Hey, big dog, go win the Super Bowl. Wow. Money Matt kicks him a at the end of the game in so far. Looked at the crowd, gives him a little shh. And then mm. Cincinnati Bengals ride out into the sunset. At the end of the game, we after the, after the game's over, we see Joe Burrow sitting in the locker room, smoking a cigar with a new big dick Joe hat on, talking <laughs> to Tom Brady, talking about how the, how, the, how the torch has officially been passed to Joe Burrow. Wow. Uh, Tony Butt, you're up. Man, after that AFC Championship where basically Joe Burrow came back from 21-3 to 
and led them to the Super Bowl. I mean, I got to go with the Bengals, man. I think it's just the Joe Burrow will not be denied this year. I mean, he's going to win the Super Bowl. He's going to be MVP. Wow, love it. I, I love the Joe Love. Um, had a whole episode on him uh, where I just – I'm a huge Joey B fan, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, Joe Cool, Joey Franchise. Hey, we can keep going. D-Lane, I'm going to spin it to you. What's your pick? Yeah, I think uh, I think me and D, uh, I think we're kind of rolling the same way. You know, I mean, I remember they were up 20, uh, 21 to 3. The Chiefs were up 21 to 3. I remember D, uh, he texted us and said, man, Joe can pack it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I was kind of thinking the same thing, you know, I was like, man, you know, the Chiefs are just too much. And, uh, you know, of all people, Eli Apple stepping up in that. So, I mean, what a crazy turn of events that is. But I think, uh, yeah, you know, I think Joe, uh, I think he's tired, like, you know, what he said, he's tired of the underdog narrative. Um, he's tired of, count, you know, people count the Bengals out. Uh, I think his, his swag is it's just too much. I mean, he's. You know, the diamonds are real. He already made that clear. He made too much money. Um, <laughs> the, just the, the swag that he brings and the, and the cockiness. I love it. And um, I just, I, I got, got to roll with the Bengals. I mean, just, I think we're going to get a lot of uh, dancing to get the gap um, in the locker room after with him and uh, Jamar. But hey, it's definitely not going to be easy win, uh, you know, like D said, with that Rams defense. But I just, I, I can't go against uh, the cockiness and the, and the flag of, of, of Joe Burr. I mean, he's just the dude's unbelievable, and uh, the guy, I, I, you know, I can't can't go against him. So, yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm ready for next Sunday. That's for sure. Look, here's my pick. Um, guys, I think Joe Burrow could look like Lieutenant Dan after this game in the hospital bed. <laughs> All right, I, I I think he he, he uh I think it could get bad. Um, that 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 offensive line is absolutely terrible. Uh, the Rams defensive line. Uh, then you get you know you got to factor in Bond Miller. Uh, we already know what he can do in a Super Bowl, uh, making big time plays, demolishing quarterbacks. Um, I just think this is a really, really bad matchup for the Bengals. Uh, Jalen Ramsey probably going to be shadowing Jamar Chase. Uh, I just, man, look, I'm going to pick with my heart. I'm going to pick with my heart, and I'm going to say Bengals. Okay, I'm going to give you two picks, one with my heart for for Joe Shiesty, and I'm going to go Bengals. But then I'm going to have a pick with my brain, and I'm going to say Rams. Rams win it 27 to 21. And that is my that is my final uh that is my final pick. Uh yeah, so hey, had had a blast on this episode, guys. I I really enjoyed it uh having you four on or you three on here and and all of us just just cutting up and and having a good time, man. I really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, I can get all of y'all back on at the same time. What do you say? That's good, man. Hey, guys, I really appreciate it. I'll talk to y'all later, and uh, y'all have a good night. You too, man. All right. Man. Woo, man, what an episode. Guys, absolutely loved it. Uh, we hit on a lot of topics. Um, just, just let loose a little bit there. Uh, really enjoyed it. 
Um, just super thankful for those guys uh, taking time on their Sunday to come on here. We were on here for about an hour and a half, just just laughing, cutting up. Uh, had a really good, really good time right there. Um, and man, hey, like I said, it's, it's all because of you guys. Y'all make it possible. If you could go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, uh, five star reviews, written reviews, whatever, man. Um, just I appreciate all you guys for listening. And I will catch y'all on the next one. I'm out. Peace. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.